a few weeks ago, I preached about our appetites. I preached about how hungry are we. You remember that? I didn't get done with that. My mom messed me up. Okay? My mom, how do you say my mom messed me up? Because I was using her for an example, and I got there and got choked up. All right? So she messed me up. She's not going to mess me up today. I promised myself that I'm going to get through this. But I did tell you that I was going to go back and do that again. Because there was some more stuff that I wanted to share with you. There were some more things that I wanted to, to point out there. And we're going to the book of John, chapter 13 today. Oh, uh, also remember Sister LaVonda Nichols. Some of you know LaVonda Nichols. Uh, She's going through a battle with cancer right now, and I talked to her husband. Uh, what time did I talk to him? This real fancy Dodge pickup truck drove by. And it went around the block, and it stopped. And I'm like, I was working on, some, on, a, on an apartment building of mine, and I'm like, John Gotti's here. And this dark tenant window goes down, and here was Roy Nichols. I said, oh, man, I thought the mafia had me. But Sister LaVonda's gone through chemo, and we need to pray for her. And about the time that she gets good from the chemo, it's time to do another one. So we'll remember her in prayer. All right? Okay, John chapter 13, verse number 1. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the, uh, to the end. Supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. So this is the Last Supper. This is the Last Supper here. And so Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper and lay aside, laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. And he, that he poureth water, after that he poured water in a basin. He began to wash the disciples' feet, and he wiped them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter. Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Are you going to wash my feet, Lord? You see, they didn't have blacktop. They didn't have concrete. They walked on dusty roads. Their houses were made of dirt floors. All right? I've been in the Philippines... And I've eaten in pastors' houses that were dirt floors. Can I ask you a question? How do you sweep the dirt off of a dirt floor? But the dirt is so compacted in their houses that the loose dirt sets on top. We were sitting in this house in the, in the, in the Philippines in this a pastor's house. It was a lady pastor who pastored a church in the Philippines there. And Bishop Zaragoza took us to this woman's house to have lunch with her and her husband. When we got there, we walked into the house. The house was made up of two-befores, uh, some metal tin uh, that was closely uh, stacked together, built together, and that was her house. We walked in, and there were dirt, hard, compacted dirt floors. They gave us the lunch that day was hamburgers and french fries, which was marvelous. I, you know, when you're in the Philippines, you can get spaghetti at McDonald's with your chicken, okay? And a big old 
Coke float at McDonald's will cost you about a quarter in the Philippines. So are you ready to go? Here we go. And uh, so we got our cheeseburgers, our hamburgers, and our french fries, and, and everybody got them except for the pastor and her husband. Now, they didn't understand English. So I said to Bishop Zaragoza, where is their, where is their food? So they don't have their lunch. They wanted you to have. They want to honor you today. You're our guest from America. So we had to sit there and eat in front of them. Little did I know, I, I was so, so overwhelmed, okay? I, 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 I ate it. I mean, what I could, I ate it. But I was so overwhelmed with the hospitality that I felt like the Lord said, you need to figure out a way to help get concrete in this woman's house. They had two or three daughters. We walked through the whole house. All of the bedrooms and the bathroom and everything all had dirt floors. And so when we got back to America, we, I brought the need to the church here. We raised the money and we pastored or we we. In that pastor's home, we put concrete floors all through that house for about $700. Everything, $700. What I didn't know was this, and this is what the pastor of the church told Bishop Zaragoza after it was all said and done. She was crying, and she said, Bishop, I want to tell you, several years ago, a preacher from America, from Florida in America, came here. And he, as he was preaching in church one night, he began to prophesy. And he said, there will be a pastor, or a preacher that will come to your house, and he will help you get concrete floors in your house. That's us. The Lord used us. God wants to use us. God wants to use you. Last week I preached about strange and unusual ways that God wants to use us. So Peter's saying, are you going to wash my feet? Well, there was dust all over his feet. And the Lord said, I got to wash your feet, Peter, because he said this, if what I do knowest not thou, but you're going to know later. Peter said, you're never going to wash my feet. Jesus said, if I don't wash thee, if I wash thee not, you have no part with me. So Jesus said, if, if I don't wash your feet, you don't have any part with me. We're not walking in unity together here. Simon Peter said, Lord, not only my feet, my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And so I was preaching a few weeks ago on the area and on the subject of how we need to change our appetites. We need to change our appetites. And are we really hungry? And what are we really hungry for? What are we really hungry for? What is, what is our priority? Jesus said in Matthew 5, 6, blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. We're going to be filled if you're hungry for it. Amen? The, today's English version, happy are those whose greatest desire, everybody say greatest desire, is to do what God requires. Now I've given all of you folks, all of you single folks out there, the recipe for success. You haven't found your man yet. You haven't found your woman yet. The recipe is simple. This right here. If you seek after God, like you're seeking after a mate, God is going to bring one to you by surprise. 
When you're not looking, that's when God's going to bring him. And that goes right over to, to Danny and Carlita. They tried all kinds of ways, and all those ways didn't, didn't work. And I'm telling you, I, I remember, <laughs> I would go over here by this seat over here and Danny and Carlita, and I, while I'm preaching, I say, I don't know what you two are smoking about serving the Lord, but if you got extra, I wish you'd pass it out to all of us. Because whatever they wanted, their desire was we're going to focus on the Lord. We're going to give to the Lord. We're going to work for the Lord. We're going to invest in lives for the Lord. Amen. Does anybody remember me talking about them sharing their smoking? Whatever they're smoking, we want all of us want some of it. Well, some of us do, some of us don't. So you know what I'm saying? So what happens is they, we do the missions trip last year. We're not even thinking about kids. We're not, that's not even on our minds. We're all trying to figure out how we can do another missions trip. Amen. That's not even on our minds, and lo and behold, a phone call comes, and now, tomorrow, it's officially mommy and daddy forever. Tomorrow, December 7th, amen. D-Day, not D-Day, Pearl Harbor, man. What am I saying? I'm saying that when you put God first, God is going to take care of whatever you need. God will take care of it. The problem is we get all worried about it. Well, I'm 25, and I'm, you know, Amy, she was, she's nervous wreck before she got married. She never thought she was going to get married. I said, Amy, somebody going to marry you? You're a nice girl. Amen. I mean, even after 33 years, we're still working on our marriage. The other day, I said, Amy, I, I just got to ask you a question. Every tomato we always use, we use Roma tomatoes. Romas. So one day I got bold, and I said, why do we only use Roma tomatoes? I thought there was a secret. She said, because they're small and you don't have any waste. Okay. All right. So... In my closet. I'm used to the old metal hangers. You know the old metal hangers? Right? Kind you get for free. It's a dry cleaners. Well, they're not really free. You pay for them, but you know. Well, all the hangers are getting replaced with the plastic ones. And that's that's confounding me. So I said, Amy, I know about the Roma tomatoes, but I gotta ask you this question. Let's work on our marriage today. Why do we have the big plastic hangers now? She said, because the big plastic hangers don't make as big a horns when you pull them off of your clothes. How did I not know that? I'm a man. I said, the only thing is, when you put those girl hangers, when you put my shirts on those girl hangers, there's problems. Somebody was sitting at the table and they said, what's a girl hanger? A girl hanger is those things that's got those slot things, you know, where women put their strap things. Well, when you go to take your shirt off, shirt gets caught. It's like, the only time you want to feel a jerk like that is when you're fishing. That's when you want to feel a jerk like that. Not when you're trying to get your shirt out of your closet. What am I saying? I'm saying if you put God first, God will put whoever you need in your life. 
The level wants us to get us all wound up and all crazy and all out of focus, all out of whack. But listen, our greatest desire is to do what God requires, and God will satisfy them fully. That's in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. We got to go because we got to. So how do we increase our appetite? How do I increase my appetite? How, how are we going to do this? What in the world is going to happen? You got to change your eating habits. You got to change your habits, okay? You cannot continue to do what you've always done and expect to get what you've already, what you've already got. You see what I'm saying? You can't do it. I feel like Joe Biden right now. You know, just left me. You can't, you can't, you can't. You can't. You, we, we want to do the same thing all the time and get a different result. And that's not going to work. You've got to change your eating habits. If you don't change your eating habits, you're going to stay looking like you do. Amen. Got to change. Change. Everybody say change. Change. Change is hard. There are people who don't like change. If I took a survey in here, there's several of you don't like change. You set your house up and the sofa has been there for 38 years. Because it would take a court order for you to just move it across the room. I mean, that would just like, you'd have to get on Prozac, Xanax, because you're going to move the couch. My mom was not like that. My mom, she'd change it all up. My dad, he'd be out drinking and come home and didn't know that my mom rearranged the living room on him. But you'd hear him coming through the dark and he'd fall over the end table or something. It's like, oh, yep, he just found the end table. So change, change is hard. It's hard to change. It's hard to change. Amen. And so change is, is something that we all have to face and we all have to go through. Now, let's see if we can get this to work. Change is a verb. It's to make the form, nature, content, future course of something different from what it is or from what it would be if left alone. Change. If you don't change, it's going to stay the same. But if you change, things are going to be different. It means to transform or convert as change. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, New Living Translation don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. You cannot let God get in your life and continue to remain the same. If God gets in your life for real, there's things that are going to change, amen? Now, I'm from old-time Pentecost. I've seen it all. I don't know if there's nothing I haven't seen, okay? I, don't, I can't imagine. But anyway, some people come right into church, God gives them the Holy Ghost, they walk out, and they never change. You seen people like that? Some people walk in, get the Holy Ghost, and God changes them forever. And what we used to say about the people that never changed was, they didn't get a good dose of the Holy Ghost. Now, I ain't never known God to give a bad dose of the Holy Ghost. The thing is, we weren't willing to change. Coming through those power lines out there on the hill into this building is raw power. There's so much power that if there was not a transformer out there on that pole, that it would blow the side of this building completely off. 
But there has to be a conversion. There has to be a transformer that transforms that raw power into something that will work in our lives. And so God puts his spirit into our lives to change us into the new person and also to change the way we think. You cannot be a Christian and think like you used to before you became a Christian. You cannot live for the Lord and have old thinking. Because old thinking and the new Lord in your life don't match up. Is this understandable? When I was going through these last night, I was very excited. I was excited at 1.15 this morning. I was ready to preach at 1.15 this morning. But I had to bring it down and go to bed. Wow. I walked up there and said, Amy, Amy, uh, you're on my pillow. Scoot over, baby, so I can get into bed. I was ready to preach. Look, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. If you say, my life's not good, you may not be in God's will. My life is messed up. You prob- I'm sorry about this English. You probably ain't in God's will if your life's all messed up. Now, God has given me the opportunity to in, in my life to work with people who have been stuck in addictions. Addictions of alcoholism. Addictions of meth. Addictions of abuse. Addictions of people who have physically been abused. Sexually been abused. Mentally been abused. I mean, some of these people, if I work with them and we have tools, we got to pack up our tools and take them with us to McDonald's because somebody's going to take my tools. Dude, you're in Vandalia. You can leave your truck running with the keys in it, and 95% of the time, it's going to be here when you get back. But somebody's going to take them. Why? Because they have tortured thinking. Their minds have been messed up by sin. Their minds have been messed up by addictions. Their minds have been messed up by abuse. Their minds have been messed up by all kinds of things, and that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to give us minds with tortured thinking. Even, watch this now, as we come into the church, as you come into the church and you bring your past with you, if your thinking doesn't change, you're going to be a Holy Ghost-filled person with tortured thinking. So that's when we said over here, you know, Kevin. We're going to use Kevin for an example because he can handle it. So Kevin looks over here at Amy, and Amy's smiling. And Kevin's like, she's making fun of my blue shirt I got on. This is my favorite shirt. I love this shirt. I sleep in this shirt. This shirt never gets any horns in the shoulders because it never gets on the hanger because I'm always wearing it. And she's making fun of me. Watch, torture thinking. I'm not going back to that church. And she wasn't laughing at Kevin's shirt at all. I know, I'm not telling you, know, Kevin, your shirt's fine. Don't feel bad about that shirt, bro. You good? I told you he could handle it. What am I saying? I'm saying that the devil takes the smallest of things and blows them up and gets you crazy in your mind because our thinking has not been changed. You have got to let God tamp down and extinguish all of that nasty 
process and pattern thinking that the world has put in you. And guess what? It will take years and years and months and months. And sometimes it goes beyond a pastor and it goes beyond just having the Holy Ghost. Sometimes you got to have counseling. Mm -hmm. I know preachers. I know preachers that are no longer preaching because lo and behold, now I'm not mentioning any names, but lo and behold, one preacher that I knew preached one Sunday, and before the next Sunday was up, he preached in his pulpit one Sunday. And before the next Sunday was up, he was arrested by the FBI and in jail for child solicitation. I'm, I'm telling you dead truth, dead honest truth. This guy had, been, had the Holy Ghost 30 years, 40 years. As we talked to him, we said, you know, do you need anything? You know, we're sorry this has happened. He said, what I needed, I should have gotten when all this happened because he said I was violated as a child. But he said, I came up in the church and the church was just get the Holy Ghost. We didn't go to counselors. That wasn't of God. You didn't go to counselors. But you see that thinking was never fixed in that man's life. And so that thinking was never changed in his life. Therefore, he struggles. And guess what? People are struggling on pews today. People are, there's probably people struggling in this church today with thinking from the past because the devil uses that to get into your life. And he uses the battlefield of the mind to get into your life. If he can get your thoughts, he's got your life. If he's got your thoughts, he's got your actions. If he's got your actions, he's got your life. I've used the example before of the stinking snow plow coming down the road, that one snowstorm. You had to be there to live that one. There was only one person that lived it, me. It was a wet snow in March, March 24th, 2013. I'll never forget it my whole life. That's a chapter in a book of mine. I'm out there. I finally made it up the hill. Finally made it up the hill here. Number one, if you have slick tires, go get new ones. Because if you get stuck down here, you better hope we're going to have a luncheon because we might need food. Finally got out here and got out to 185, Jeanette Drive and 185, and I had to put my window down because my windows were steamed up, right? Because I couldn't see any cars coming, and so I'm getting ready to turn. So I got my window down, and I'm looking up the road there coming from FS, and guess what? Here comes the snowplow doing what he was made to do, plow snow. Now, this, wasn't a, this was not a powdery snow. I'm from the mountains. I know what snow is. This was wet, slushy, nasty. And he was throwing it. I mean, it was. And suddenly, my old boss said, he used to put all of a sudden, he said, my English teacher put a big red line through it and said, suddenly. So suddenly, I realized, I got to get my window up. It felt like an eternity. And it, it got about a third of the way up. The next thought was duck. And I did. I ducked. And I felt it breeze along the back of my head. It was cold. It was wet. 
I opened my eyes after the tsunami. There is grease. Roads aren't clean. Do you know that? They might have street sweepers, but roads are not clean. All right? I had slush and oil and grease and water running, running down my passenger window on the other side of the truck. My hands are covered with, I mean, it's just nasty. What am I saying? I'm saying that the thought said, you better put up your window, which led to an action that said, duck, because it's not going to happen. Thoughts produce actions. Actions make up our lives. Actions make up our decisions. Thoughts make up our decisions. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So that's why we have to become a new person by changing the way that we think. We have to change the way that we are thinking. Amen. Somebody say amen. Somebody say this is pretty good. All right, most of you did. Matthew 18, 3, and verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. We have to be converted. There has to be a change take place in our lives. We are not going to get in there if we're not repentant. We're not going to get in there if we're liars, thieves, whoremongers, adulterers, idolaters, effeminate. Come on now, I'm talking the word, I'm telling you. that All that's listed, and it says, and shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Read it, I believe it's in Galatians. You better put your steel suit on your armor when you get ready to read Galatians. I'm telling you. He said, you don't do that stuff, you're not getting into the kingdom of heaven. The problem is, everybody's going to heaven today. I don't know if you noticed that or not. You notice that? Everybody's going to heaven. Everybody's going to heaven. Drunks going to heaven. Nobody's going to heaven. Adulterers going to heaven. Murderers are going to heaven. Everybody's going to heaven. Like that old song, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Remember that old one? Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. All right, never mind. You got to be converted. You got to change. You got to change. We all got to change. I'm just, I'm talking from, I got to change. There's things I got to change. Sometimes I'm mean. Sometimes I'm grouchy. Johnny left church Wednesday night, Thursday morning. He said, are you feeling better today? I was giving him a hard time about his mowing prices. I said, and you suckered me into those last two. You said, I need to come through there and get those leaves. I said, I think that was a conspiracy. So Thursday morning, are you feeling better today? I'm like, I didn't know I was feeling bad. Oh, I said, oh, man, he must really think I was grouchy last night. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm better. I was a little grouchy, sorry. I won't be grouchy anymore. What's it mean? When used without an object, when there's no noun, it means to become different, to become altered, become modified. It means to become different. i got to be different than I was. I cannot stay the same and expect to have the same results. First, or Chron- or Colossians 1.21, this includes you who were once far away from God. All of us were far away from God. Amen? Hopefully you're closer to God now than you were then. Are you? That's the question I'm asking you. Don't raise your hand. Are we closer to God now than when we used to be? We were his enemies. Separated from him by what? Evil thoughts and actions. We had thoughts we were going to kill somebody. 
We had thoughts we were going to beat somebody up. We had thoughts we were going to give somebody a piece of our mind. One lady looked at a preacher one time and she said, I just, I just ought to give you a piece of my mind. And he was sharp. He was quick. You know, I'm not quick. He was quick. He said, ma'am, you don't have enough to smear. You better keep all you got. Amen. Some of you got that or not. She thought she had a piece. He said, you ain't got enough to smear. All right? Evil thoughts, evil actions separate us from God. We cannot continue living like hell and expect to live in heaven. We have to change. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got to change. You, you, both of you got to change. Boy, that felt so good for me to tell you that. Yeah, tell me that. What? Okay. All right. I got to change. We all have to change. We ought to change. And guess what? If we don't change on our own, God sends people into our lives to help us change. God sends circumstances into our lives to help us change. We all got to change. Caitlin, you got to change. That's right. That's right. Y'all got to change. You want to get a smile on your face? Go with Caitlin through McDonald's drive-up. And she orders a Coke with ice. And the lady in the, in the, with the microphone says, I'm sorry? She said, I want ice. Said, ice. She wants ice. Ice. Amen. Evil thoughts and actions separate us from God. We got to have a change. All of us have to change. Now, Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, <laughs> don't even worry when it went one too far on you. Amen. Don't worry about anything, right? It says instead, pray about everything. We all complain. We all worry. We all flip out. We all trying to figure out how am I going to do this, old Jesus? What's going to happen in my life? We all sit around and just do this. Shaken with fear. Bible says fear not. We all worried about this. and all. He said, tell God what you need and then thank him for what he's done. Tell God what you need. We don't want to tell God. We want to tell Tim. You know how bad it is, Tim? You know how bad God's been to me? It's been horrible. It's been terrible. Listen, Amy and I went through a transition years ago. And I'm, tr- I'm calling people trying to get some sympathy. And the person that I called, don't call him. He will not give you any sympathy. My brother. And I'm on the phone whining and crying. And this is what he says. He says, well, you better get those rocks loaded in your truck. Now, that's Ginger's dad. So I'm thinking, that's how, now I know how Ginger and her dad are related because that didn't make any sense to me at all. I said, what? He said, you better get those trucks or those rocks loaded in your truck. And I'm telling him, this is, I've been done wrong. I've been lied about. I can't defend myself. I've been, I've been used and abused, sold down the river. I got all these problems. And all he can tell me is load the rocks in the truck. Finally, after I was done with my pity party, I said, what are you talking about? What are you talking? I mean, this, listen, I've called him before for sympathy, and he didn't say the right thing, and I just hung up on him. I just hung up. I thought, I'm bigger than he is. It don't matter. 
I'm 15 years younger and I'm bigger. What's he going to do? Drive 600 miles and whip me? So I'm, I, I'm feeling big. And finally I said, what about these rocks? What are you talking about rocks? He said, those rocks in your truck, you'll get to build the first altar that says God failed me. Oh, I like you. And I said, you know what? I wish you was here right now because I just give you the right hand of fellowship. Just go build that altar. It says God failed me. You'll be, he said that'll be the first altar ever built by a human. I mean, he didn't stop. He was laying it on, bro. He was laying it on. Go, you'll be the first one. You tell God what you need. You thank him for what he's done. Then, everybody say then. Then you'll experience God's peace. You know why we don't have peace? Because we're worrying. You know why we don't have peace? Because we just don't pray about everything. We complain about everything. Oh, it's bad. Oh, it's so bad. Oh, I don't know how in the world I'm going to, how are we going to do that? No, we complain instead of pray. We don't thank him. We, we, just, we just don't wonder how, God, how are you going to do this? But if we will pray and thank him, you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. And his peace will guide your hearts, minds, as you live in Jesus Christ. That's pretty good, isn't it? You got to change your appetite. Amen. Things have to change. Matthew 6, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything. Everybody say everything. He will give you everything you need. He's going to take care of it. He'll give you everything you need. Somebody called me up and said, hey, man, somebody sent me some money to take. It's going to cover a bill. I said, praise the Lord. You got other bills? God's going to take care of that. He said, they said, well, I don't know. I ain't, I ain't got any money for those other bills yet. And I said, you just got money in the mail for the other bills. What happened? Have you forgot like already? Come on. Don't worry about tomorrow. Why not? For tomorrow brings its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. What's it saying? Don't worry about tomorrow. If you seek first the kingdom, God's going to take care of everything you need. Amen. That's why, old Brother Trace, don't worry very much, Amy. You look at me and say, why don't you be serious in life? This is as serious as I can get. Why, do you ever worry? I said, sometimes. Sometimes when I ain't got anything else to do, I worry a little bit. My mom worried for me. She worried about everything. She just worried and worried. I said, well, let her do it. She said, Tracy, why don't you ever worry? I said, you're doing it, Mom. You're doing it. We're worried about everything. Why? Eat small, frequent meals. Amen. That's one thing. Change your appetite. Eat small meals. Glory. All the time, eating meals. Eating meals, Matthew 25, 21. He, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. Enter in, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Amen. One woman's life. This is where my mom sidetracked me last time. I'm not going to let her do it this time. Amen. She's not doing it. I'm just going to tell you this. My mom just kept going and going and going. Every Sunday morning, she took us to church. She drugged me to church every since She would pull me out of bed on Sunday mornings. I don't know if your loving mom ever did that to you. Throw the covers back and pull you out of bed. We had a bed rail, a box spring, and a mattress. You know how far it was to the floor for a seven-year-old? When you're laying straight, she just, Tracy, I said it's time to get up. She never did teach me how to, that's why I'm not good in math. She never counted for me. She just smacked me around. She took it, listen, every Sunday morning, she hauled us to church. 
My dad was an alcoholic. He didn't go to church. She went by herself every Sunday, by herself, by herself. Every Sunday morning, her descendants, me, my brothers, my nieces and nephews, we touch over 600 congregants. Two sons and a daughter-in-law and grandson minister on a, on a district level to 80-plus churches on a statewide level. Why? Because she just kept doing small stuff. You see, the small stuff, there's nothing glamorous about small stuff. There's nothing glamorous about getting up and going to church, okay? There's nothing glamorous about just walking in on a Wednesday night. Wednesday nights are like really low-key around here. And somebody said, why do you even go on Wednesday nights? Well, we just keep on going because that's just part of it. That's just part of the plan. If the church is 75 average, there will be about 6,000 people that are touched through her life and her descendants. We've preached on 27 uh, different countries, and we've been on five different continents. Why? She just kept hauling us to church. Amber, just keep bringing those babies to church. Amber, I heard that you pushed for 15 minutes. You are a certified baby machine. I pray God give you six. Why not? We got to grow this church one way or the other. You're either going to win a soul or have a baby. Bernie's probably going to win a soul because he ain't going to have no babies. What I'm, t I'm telling you, you just keep dragging them to church. You just line them up. By the, when you hit number four, three and four, you say, what's one more? By the time you get to four, you are so numbed down. It's like, what's one more? What's one more? The only thing is you got to change vehicles. When you have kid number four, that knocks you out of about 75% of the vehicles on the market. You're going to a minivan. You're going to a bus. You're going to a, a coach, whatever. You're going there. Yeah. Yeah. One service, my brother saw 100,000 people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost in one service. Eat healthy. You got to eat healthy. Amen. I'm, I'm getting ready to close. Hey, that's good. It's not just about eating healthy. It's about eating, period. You got to eat. All of us have to eat. Okay? All of us have to eat. You got to have food to live. Right? Don't you have to have food? Now, food. Now, an article in the archive of the whatever right there, I don't know, states that the body can survive for 8 to 21 days without food and water and up to two months if there's access to adequate, adequate water. So you can live for a while without food, right? Okay. Now, let's talk about this one, water. On average, a person can survive without water for about three days. Some have reported to survive around eight to ten days, but you've got to have water to live. We have to have these basics to live. You've got to have it. There's no way around it. The last one, oxygen. It is believed that a normal, healthy human body can survive without oxygen for about three minutes under extreme circumstances and situations. It is generally believed that after four to six minutes of absence of oxygen, the brain starts to deteriorate. So we have to have this for our physical body. Everybody say amen. Got to have it for your physical body. That's right. Luke 4, 16, when he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood to read the scriptures. 
Hebrews 10, 25. So look, Jesus, as his custom was, right? He went as usual to the synagogue. As his custom was, the King James says. Hebrews 10, 25. Not forsaking or neglecting the assembling together as believers as the habit of some is, but admonishing, warning, urging, and encouraging one another. All right. It's good for us to be together. I'm not preaching to you right now. I'm preaching out there to the internet world. I'm preaching to all the ones that say, you know, and listen, if you're, if you're home and you're trying to stay well, I understand that. Brother Art and Sister D and several of the church do that. I understand that. But I'm talking people who have better bodies than I got and can't get their, to church. Amen. Can't get it to church. You can't get that thing to church. Get that thing to church. What am I saying? It's good to be in the house of the Lord because we, we, we are social creatures. All right. So we do this. So as the physical body needs water and food and oxygen, the spiritual body needs the stuff as well. Okay. Spiritual food. John 6.48. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. That's what he said. Spiritual water. John 4.10. Jesus answered, said to her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Everybody say living water. He's going to give you living water for your spirit man, for your soul. You've got to have that spirit man, that living water inside of there. And spiritual oxygen. John chapter 3, verse 8. The wind blows where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh or whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. You've got to have the wind in you. You've got to have the oxygen of God in you. You've got to have the presence of God in your life. Amen? So just like the spirit or physical, we have the spiritual. We have to have it on a daily basis. We have, it, have, to, have to have it on our daily walk. We have to have it on the journey of life that we're on. We have to have it one day at a time. you got to have spiritual food and spiritual water and spiritual oxygen. Just like you get you a cheeseburger and french fries, drink you a gallon of water, amen, and breathe in some deep, good old Vandalia air. got to have it. we got to have it to live, physically and spiritually. you got to have it. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to have it. Look at him and say, I think he's telling the truth. Yeah, there you go. Philippians 4, 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, the one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Well, I'm back on the thought police again. Fix your thoughts. You got to get your thoughts right. Some of your thoughts, some of your thinking is so stinking, a sewer, a sewer plant couldn't clean it up. Stinking thinking. Look at your neighbor and ask him, do you have stinking thinking? Sometimes, yes. Do you? Okay. We all have stinking thinking. You got to get rid of the stinking thinking. Oh, but Brother Tracy, you don't know what they did to me. Shut up. Shut up. We've all been done wrong. How many ever been done, sorry, Frank, how many ever been done wrong at Walmart? 
I feel like I'm violated every time I walk out of there because my pocket is thinner and there's less money. It's not. But you know what? I keep going back. We've been done wrong at work and we keep going back. You got done at the tire got done wrong at the tire shop and you kept going back until you found a different tire shop. Oh, pastor, you don't understand. I've been done wrong at church. Yeah, but you got to keep going back because you go back to everywhere else. Hello. What am I saying? The devil wants us to not fix our thoughts on things that are true. He said, fix your thoughts on things that are true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent. Everybody say excellent. Excellent and worthy of praise. Think about those things. Yeah, I mean, think about the things that are going to be good in your life. Think about things that build in your life. Philippians 4, 9. This is the next verse. It says, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Now, you're here. This is your church. I'm your pastor. That's how it works. That's just like if you walk down the aisle with that woman, you go home with her. She's in your house every day. She's your wife. Yes? Okay. So you're here, and I am trying to help you learn to walk as a better man and woman of God. I'm trying to help you to clean up your stinking thinking. The Bible says, right, Proverbs, you know what it says? What's he going to say? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And I pray that every time you let trash come out of your mouth, that you will hear my voice. Boy, that's torture, isn't it? <laughs> you will hear me say, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So, Margo, you better watch what you're saying. I just picked you out because I was looking there and you got that leopard outfit on. Amen. <laughs> She's pointing over there. <laughs> That's called the shoveling spirit. I don't want it. You just give it a little hand. <laughs> they threw it back to you. I don't want it. Who are you going to give it to over there? Who was you pointing at? She, I go, don't even say. Oh. I'm trying to lead by example here. Amen. I'm trying to. Not, now look, 2 Thessalonians 3, 9. Not because we have not power, but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. I, I want to live a life that you are able to follow and get to heaven. Right? That's why I don't go to, to, you know, cages. Not Jeff and Trina's. I'm talking, you know, cages. The Redwood. That's why you don't see me down at the full moon or half grill or whatever it's called now. I don't even know what it's called now. I don't want you to follow me there. I'm, we're not, I'm not going to the bar. I'm not going to the strip club. Amen. Not going there. Why? Because I'm trying to live an example for you to be successful. You know what they said? My dad always said, don't do as I do, do as I say. 
Anybody ever got that wisdom in your life? Then you're like, what in the world? What in the world? And so Hebrews 13, 7, remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow their example of faith. I've told you, if you just do what I tell you for two and a half years, you'll make it. You're doing a good job. Amen. Even though you got that blue shirt on today, you're doing a good job. Just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep showing up. Just keep looking at the example, the godly example set in front of you. And I offer to share, if anybody would like a little bit of what I got in God, I would give it to you. If I could design an injection system that when you walk through the front door, you would stand, put, put your feet, you know, like you're going to, the, to, to fly somewhere, you know, you, get your, you raise your hands and all these, like 18 needles are just, and you would be injected with God. And then we'd all be the same. It'd be awesome. And it'd be probably totally boring. Amen. Follow the example of faith. What am I saying? Take small bites. Eat healthy. Amen. I'm closing with this. Ezekiel 46, 9. I'm closing. This is the favorite part of the sermon right here. Now watch. This is the new living. But when the people come in through the north gateway to worship the Lord during the religious festivals, this is into Jerusalem, they must leave by the south gateway. Okay? And those who entered through the south gateway must leave by the north gateway. They must never leave by the same gateway they came in, but must always use the opposite gateway. If you come from the north, you go out the south. You don't turn around and go back. If you come through the south, you go through the north. You don't go back. Why? Why is that? Why would God put that in there? Oh, now don't be giving away all my stuff now. I shared a little bit of Wednesday night. Number one, we don't want to have the appearance of turning our backs on God because this is a forward journey. This is a forward journey. If you look in the, uh, the Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about the whole armor of God. Everything is protected except for one area. You're back. Breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, loins girt with truth, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, right? There's no protection for your back, so we go forward. They sang it today. We're moving forward. This is a forward journey. I'm not going back, moving ahead, right? So we don't want to appear that we're having a, going back on God. This is a forward journey. Exodus 14, 15. And the Lord said to Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. God said, Why are you crying to me, Moses? Tell them. Keep moving. Tell them. Let's go. That's what I want to do this year, coming year. Let's go. Let's do something. Let's move. Let's bust a pose. Let's move. Let's go forward. Let's don't stand around. If you stand around, you're a good target to hit. But if you're always moving, you're a little harder to hit when you're moving. Amen? That just seems to make a lot of sense there. If we return the same way in which we came, we will bump into people because they're coming to worship as well. And situations that possibly will become entangled 
and our progress will be slowed. You've got to watch who you let in your life. Oh, man, that's hard. Wow, Pastor. Now, you're, you're, you're so dogmatic that you're telling us what friends we can have. Oh, I wish I could. I mean, I'd be, give me all your names list. I'd start checking them off. I'd do scratches and checks. You look at it and you say, you can't scratch Carl and Randy off. Remember Carl and Randy from the shed? They were the shed gang. I haven't preached on Carl and Randy in years. What are you, what are you putting, scratching off Carl and Randy? Because Carl and Randy will slow you down. Carl and Randy, they don't want to be in church with you. They want you to be in the shed with them on Sunday. They say, you can listen to Pastor Tracy on 93.3 at 805 and 505 on Sundays. You can listen to him preach then. And in between times, we'll drink a bunch of Budweiser. Hallelujah. I don't know if they say hallelujah. Scratching off. Why? Because they're going to slow your progress. They're going to get you entangled again. And you cannot become entangled. You can't afford to be entangled. Proverbs or Hebrews chapter 12. Wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Everybody say weight. And the sin. Everybody say sin. Which does so easily beset us and let us run. Everybody say run. Oh, that's nice. Say it again with some enthusiasm. Run. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. You can't run a race when you're all tangled up. You can't run a race when you've got to carry everybody's weights around with you. You can't run a race when you've got sin all around your legs and your feet like shackles and bonds. And see, the devil wants to do that in life. He wants to put, tie you up. He wants to put your hands down and weight you down with all kinds of junk. So when you get to the sanctuary, you can't do this. He wants to put all kinds of doubt and discouragement and complaining in our minds and our mouths that we can't say, Lord, I believe you can do it. I believe you got this, Lord. You see what I'm saying? So you can't go back that way because you're going to run into people. People are going to slow you down. You cannot afford to go back the same way you came. We don't go back to pick up anything that we discarded on our way to the sanctuary. There you go. We're not picking the past up anymore. If you continue to pick up the past, you have no room in your hands for your future. Done. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. It's over. Thank God it's over. Tell, tell, tell your neighbor. Thank God it's over. It's over. Thank God. We're moving forward. We're moving forward. You know what happens when you know you're going to church. Boy, you're emptying out of everything. You're emptying your pockets. You're emptying out your attitude. You're emptying out the trash in your life. You're cleaning your car. You're getting it all said and done. And he said, because we're going to the sanctuary. We're going to worship. And the Lord says, on your way to the sanctuary, I know your nature. So I know you're going to be cleaning the car out. I know you're going to be cleaning your mouth out. I know you're going to be cleaning your mind out. I know you're going to be taking care of all that stuff that shouldn't be coming into the temple. Because you know when you come into the temple and you got dirt in your life, this is how you feel. You don't want any of that. So the Lord says, you're not going back to pick up what you dropped off. You're going another way. You're moving forward. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. We're moving forward. Say, I'm moving forward. Philippians 3.13. Now, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. 
but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize. Paul said, I haven't got there yet, but I'm on my way. I haven't got there yet, but I'm on my way to get the heavenly prize. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel the Lord. Amen. Anybody feel the Lord? Look at this guy. You know who that is? That's Rafiki. Rafiki. Well, you got Rafiki up there, Pastor. Because Rafiki says, it doesn't matter. It's in the past. those of you who have watched fine American cinema know that Rafiki takes his stick and hits Simba over the head. And he said, what did you do that for? He said, it doesn't matter. It's in the past. You know what? The lies the devil's telling you is all stuff from the past. And it doesn't matter anymore because it's in the past. It's over. It's time to change. It's time to walk on. Well, so-and-so did. Don't matter. Don't matter what so-and-so did. Let them lie about you because God will tell the truth on you. God will bring it all about. See, years ago we went through a transition. And when we went through the transition... We had all kinds of people lying about us. Even lying. Flat lies. And we, we, you can't do anything. If you, try to, if you try to justify, it looks like you're guilty. It looks like you're trying to cover up. But I'm telling you, it wasn't. It wasn't five or six years till the same people that lied about us came to us and apologized and said, we're so sorry. We're so sorry. And by that time, Joseph is all, I'm Joseph, right? Joseph's been through the process. We're already taking care of it. We're feeding people. It's already okay. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. What you meant to destroy me, God meant it for good. God's just getting me in the place. Amen. Amen. Let's sing today. We got a song today. I know we do. It's time to move forward, brothers and sisters. Close your eyes. Meditate on the Lord for a moment. Some of you are here 
and you've been here before, and you've left, and you've been here before, and you left, but guess what? You're here. Now's the time. This is your time. This is your way. This is your opportunity. This is it. This is it. God's mercy. God's grace. God's got a plan for you. He's got restoration. He's got redemption. changing Lord it's so hard to change because it's so easy to stay where we're at we're so used to it we're so comfortable with it we know what to expect with change we don't know what to expect we don't know what's out there in front of us we don't know how it's going to happen but Lord let us take this consolation today we do know what's going to happen it's going to be good because God you're in charge Amen. Brothers and sisters, the change in your life is going to be good because God is in charge. The change is going to be good because God is in charge. So, Lord, build our trust today. Let's pray that together, Lord. Somebody lift your hands. And let's pray for trust. Lord, help me to trust you today in the name of Jesus. The Word says, trust in the Lord In all your ways. Trust in the Lord with all your might and in all your ways acknowledge him. Lord, I'm trusting you with everything. I'm trusting you with everything. My health, my spiritual health, my spiritual health. There you go. My physical health, my provision, my money, my livelihood, my walk with you. I'm trusting it all to you, Jesus. Lord, I, I rebuke distrust in the name of Jesus Christ. I rebuke, Lord, the enemy lying about trusting in you. I rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus. God wants you to trust him. God wants you to take that next step. God wants you to work on that. God wants you to say, okay, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm willing. I'm ready to move, Lord, when you're ready to move. Make 
We're trusting God and give me understanding. Let me understand you. Come on now, somebody asking for understanding. God, let me have understanding. Not just of the times, but understanding of the situations. Understanding of what I find myself in. Understanding, Lord, of how everything it seems like it's falling apart that I ever built. Everything that I put together is falling apart, being torn apart piece by piece in front of me, before my very eyes. But Lord, you said, out of the heaps of rubble, I will rebuild again. And Lord, I saw you do it in our lives. So Lord, I pray that a rebuilding spirit come upon us. A trust spirit, a spirit of understanding, and a spirit to rebuild. A spirit to rebuild. How do we rebuild, Lord? Not in our own might. But, Lord, we simply relax and rest in you. We simply put all of our cares on you. I'm, I feel the Holy Ghost right now, brothers. Lord, help me rebuild in you, God. Not in my own ways. Not with my own understanding. Not with my own might. The Word says in Zechariah 4, 6, Not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. So, Lord, let your spirit rebuild in my life. Let your spirit rebuild in my life. And Lord, the only thing I'll be able to do is when I back up and look at it, I'll say, look what the Lord has done. Because I didn't do any of this by myself. God, I God wants to put you in a place where you cannot take any credit for it. Where you can't say, I did this by myself. Oh no, God's going to get all the glory. God's going to get all the praise. Because you make all things new, Lord. You make it all new. Somebody receive what I'm telling you right now. Somebody get a hold of what I'm telling you right now. Yamaha Lama Sodama Satai. Oh God, it's all going to be you. Not going back. My past is over. It's time to walk away from your past today. Whatever part of your past that's holding you, walk away from it today. Whatever tentacle of the past is still wrapped around your leg, walk away from it today. You can't go back and fix it. You can't. It's done. It's done. You got to put it in the hands of the Lord. You got to trust Him. You gotta just gotta trust him to do it. That's the only thing that's gonna happen. You just gotta trust. And he's gonna do it. Mother. Mother. Every day I walk in the daycare. Every day I walk in the daycare. They're all supposed to be asleep. But I hear this voice out of the darkness that says, Hi, Pastor. And I hear Miss Emily say, Riker Dean, go to sleep. So I go in my office for a little bit. I come back out and I hear, Hi, Pastor. Riker Dean, go to sleep. Does he go to sleep like that at home? At home he sleeps. He's just too excited at daycare. He's just too fired up at daycare. Guys, how many years, Carlita? How many years did it was a struggle? Twenty-three years. What did you guys do to get that phone call in August of 2019? Nothing. 
Who did it? God. That's how it happens. God. God. Every time, God. I've shared some of our transition. I've shared some of it. But I remember. I mean, I remember. I remember my 40th birthday party. You put on a surprise birthday party for me. And that's the last place I wanted to be. I was out east taking care of my mom and dad. My dad gets out of the hospital one day, and then my mom goes in the hospital. It's like, can't you two stay together for a while? So I came home, and they had a 40th surprise birthday party for me. Watch. I had no job. I lost the job that I had in earlier that month. I had no job. I had been in ministry at that time, 20 years, I guess. And I had no, we, we had no church to go to. We didn't even have a church to go to. I got four kids. My wife is working. Now, I don't, she knows it now, but I'm a workaholic. I can go and go and go and go. I like to work. And so here I am on my 40th birthday, and they're all celebrating. He's 40 years old. And the whole time in my heart, the devil's saying, you don't have a job. What you've worked for for 15 years is gone. You have nothing. How do you feel? Your wife is up there working, and you have no job. You're a, you're a shame. You called me a shame. You're a disgrace. Hey, it was hard. But then, about five years later, at a fusion, a youth conference that we had here, remember those fusion conferences we had? We stood right here, arm in arm. And this whole place, this whole there was about 150 teenagers here from about four different churches. And the power of God moved in. And I'm telling you, they were slain out in the spirit. They were teenagers laying on the floor speaking in tongues all over the place. And I said, look, Amy, where God's put us now, five years later. But it wasn't us, it was God. And God wants to do the same thing for each of you, for each of us. Amen. 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 Let's give the Lord some praise. He wants to do it for each of you. Now, it's 12.03. You got to go because there's lines at the restaurants. And if you're going to stay here, there'll be a line here. Amen. So if you endure to the end, you shall get some soup. All right. But listen, I'm going to give you some practical advice that a guy gave me one time when I was going through my transition. He said, Brother Tracy... It's just like the rearview mirror. He said, when you look in the rearview mirror, something is close to you. But as time goes on, as you go, that gets smaller and smaller until it eventually disappears. You never see it again. Okay? That's good. That's good advice. If you just show up for the race every day, everything from the past 
slowly begins to get smaller and smaller in the rearview mirror until you won't see it anymore. And here you go. The rearview mirror is meant to look at what's behind. The windshield is made to look at what's before. The rearview mirror takes up about 5%. And so you got 5% looking back and you got 95% looking forward. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. The moving of forward. Ain't going back. Let's sing it one more time before we go. Yes. Surrender my life. I'm moving, moving forward. Lord, in the name of Jesus, be with my brothers and sisters this week. Let them move forward. At the Red Sea, you said to Moses, tell the people to go forward. So let us go forward, Lord, into our destiny. Forward, Lord, into what you have for us. In the name of Jesus. And we're going through the north. And we're coming out the south. We're not going back. In Jesus' name. Can we sing that again? Y'all dismissed. Amen. Thank you for coming today. Greet each other. Greet each other. Love on each other a little bit. Do something.